Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast may cause dizziness, confusion, bloating, uncontrollable laughter, and in some cases, anal leakage. Listener discretion is strongly advised. This is episode number 114 of Excuse Me, That's Illegal, a podcast that takes a hardcore look, gets some softcore crimes. I'm your boy, Leroy, coming at you straight out of the closet with two candy-coated criminals. Ooh, this is for all my listeners out there who have a sweet tooth. Ugh, I hate it when people say that. At the office, someone brings in a dozen donuts and Deborah's all like, you're going to want to keep those baked goods away from me, honey. They'll all be gone. You know I got a sweet tooth. It's always the people that eat sugar in moderation that say that. I love me some candy, though. So I guess I do have a sweet tooth. But you never hear me say it that way. Instead, I walk into the 7-Eleven, cruising the aisles, singing, I want candy. I want candy. So much cooler. Okay, that was embarrassing. Anyway, the first story I'm going to tackle was recommended to me by a listener, Alex Larson. Shout out. Love when you guys send me recommendations. Good recommendations. It makes my life a whole lot easier. So thanks for that, buddy. I coupled it with another crime in the same category, and bada boom, bada bing, here we are. So without further ado, let's get into it. After a couple jokes, of course. And we got some wholesome ones today, folks. I have a buddy who collects candy canes. Yeah, it's a strange hobby, but to each their own. Yeah, he collects candy canes. Takes good care of them, too. Yeah, they're all in mint condition. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, this next one's better, I swear. What's a candy maker's favorite TV show? Skittle House on the Prairie. Oh. Alright everybody, hop in the minivan and let's cruise these suburban streets as I serenade you with a couple tales of low-level true crime. You may want to pack a toothbrush, my friends. I don't want you coming home with any cavities. Episode number 114, Taste the Rainbow. Taste the Rainbow. That's the Skittles slogan. And I've devoured my fair share of this chewy treat over the years, mostly when I was a kid. To be honest, it's not one of my go-to snacks when I want something sugary. 
more of a Sour Patch Kids kind of guy. Skittles have been in the news recently, introducing a mustard-flavored Skittle. Ugh. It was limited edition. They brought it out August 5th to celebrate National Mustard Day. Seems like everything has its own day these days. You know what I mean? I wanted to try the new flavor, but just couldn't mustard up enough courage. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Where am I going with this? Bring it back, Leroy. You could say serving up mustard Skittles is downright criminal. Kind of like the crimes we're about to explore. Nailed it. Okay, our first story takes us to Mankato, which is a city in the state with the smallest soft drinks, Minnesota. Mankato has a population of 44,693 people, and that's according to the 2021 census. Is Mankato a safe place to live? Oh gosh, gee golly, it's gotta be. It's in Minnesota, don't you know? Let's check in with our friends at NeighborhoodScout.com to find out. Ooh, guess not. Mankato receives a 12 on the crime index, meaning it's only safer than 12% of U.S. cities. Chances of falling victim to a violent crime are 1 in 294 over there. And it can even happen while you're minding your business, out for a lovely meal with the family. That's a shame. Let's travel back just a few short months to June 23rd, 2023. It's a beautiful Friday afternoon when police receive a report of a disturbance at a local restaurant. The establishment has been kept very hush-hush for some reason. I even perused the police report via the smoking gun. And they don't state the restaurant's name there, which is unfortunate. Because you know I like to give these places free publicity. Sometimes negative, sometimes positive. You know, like, if this place were called Dave's Diner, I'd say Dave's Diner. Come for the meatloaf, stay for the vicious Skittle assaults. See? They're missing out over here. Now that I've thrown in that spoiler, let's join Officer Gilbertson as he is the first one dispatched to the scene of the crime. And it doesn't take a detective to figure out what happened here. He spots a half-empty bag of Skittles by the garbage can. Then he looks down and sees a bunch of these delicious and colorful candies scattered across the floor. Employees and patrons of this fine establishment eagerly tell the officer what went down. A young man starburst into the restaurant started screaming while pelting people with the bite-sized candies. Taste the rainbow, motherfuckers, is what he didn't say. That would have been cool, though. Uh, He hit a few people with the candies before taking off like the little weasel he is. A woman who got the worst of the attack told law enforcement, quote, I got hit in the back with a skittle, which caused a stinging pain. End quote. Aw, the poor thing. Patrons were shook up over this, which is kind of funny in hindsight, but I imagine the scenario would play out the same if this dude had a sword, a gun, a deadlier weapon. It certainly catches you off guard, not something you expect to happen while stuffing your face. It's startling. Witnesses were able to give a really good description of the perpetrator. They said he was a baby-faced-looking teen with a couple of face tatties, a cute little broken heart under his right eye, and a sword under his left. Hilarious. I saw the mugshot, and this guy also has another tatty on his left temple. It looks like a really shitty machine gun. It's pretty bad. And he looks like a sweet little kid. Baby faced indeed. They got that one on the mark. 
Upon hearing this description, there's a couple more officers there by now, and one of them knows exactly who this dude is, as he's been in trouble with the law before, very recently. A month earlier, he got pinched for possession of LSD. Trippy. And he also had about 28 grams of marijuana wax on him. Yeah, he's a bad boy. And this bad boy's name is Tristan Statina. Tristan Levi Von Statina, if you want to get technical. And not to state the obvious here, but if you're looking to lead a life of crime, maybe don't make yourself stick out like a sore thumb. Maybe don't be the only person in town with a heart, a sword, and a machine gun permanently painted on your face. Just something to keep in mind. Actually do that. It's a great idea. Makes the police's job a heck of a lot easier. Just minutes after the search began for Tristan, he is located at a nearby business. Dumbass. And he doesn't leave peacefully. It actually takes three officers to take down this runt. (laughs) Remember runts? They uh, were delicious candies. That was a pun. Where was I? Eventually they take this nerd into custody. But not before he wrapped his leg around one of the officer's legs in an attempt to trip him. He was also yelling and grabbing at them in a violent manner. Tristan was booked into Blue Earth County Jail. Sounds kind of nice. His charges included disorderly conduct, fifth degree assault for inflicting or attempting bodily harm, and obstructing the legal process when he was interfering with the peace officers. The attempting bodily harm charge is a misdemeanor and comes with a maximum sentence of 90 days in jail and or a $1,000 fine. The interfering with a peace officer charge could be a lot more serious. It comes with a maximum price tag of a $3,000 fine, and that's paired with up to 364 days in jail. It's a gross misdemeanor. A disgusting one, if you ask me. Our boy hasn't been sentenced yet, but I'm guessing it'll be a slap on the wrist, maybe a little probation action. I know what he did, at least the Skittle incident isn't that big a deal in the grand scheme of things, but I hope the judge gives him 90 days in jail and some community service. It seems a little harsh, but Tristan is only 19, he was probably a troubled youth, he's going down a dark path, and I think he needs to realize he's not a kid anymore and there's real consequences for his actions. Get him some counseling, get him off the drugs for a bit and try to veer him in a different direction while he still has a chance to do something positive with his life. And if he messes that up, hey, at least they tried. I just think if he isn't given some kind of substantial punishment now, he's only going to get worse. I'm picturing Tristan in cuffs and Dog the Bounty Hunter talking to him, giving him one of those amazing speeches, a come-to-Jesus moment, Dog putting a smoke in his mouth and lighting it up, even if the kid's not a smoker, having a deep conversation with him on the way to Blue Earth County Jail. That's what Tristan needs. That's what I feel a lot of us need. Shout out to the dog. Let's see what they have to say in the Daily Mail comment section. 216 comments over there. Sweet Amy confesses, I hit my younger brother on the head with a giant lolly, and it stuck to his hair. But in my defense, I was only four years old. Gay Lee 5 says, He'll be getting all the attention he wants locked up. To which Hooterville replied, Yep, they will have him in a skirt and heels and be passing him around for a pack of Marlboros. (sighs) Yikes, a scary visual, but possibly true. Tristan doesn't look like he'd fare well in jail. On second thought, maybe they should just give him community service, some counseling, a thousand dollar fine, and a stern talking to. Skip the jail this time around. Ginger Blobcat 
had a comment most disagreed with. She said, This young man obviously needs help rather than prison. He has problems that are psychiatric. But of course, don't expect any compassion on here. Ace64 responded, Don't expect any from me anyway. Your type of softly attitude is why these people ignore all boundaries and have no fear of consequences. That comment got 24 likes. See, I'm torn on this one and fall somewhere in the middle. He needs to be punished, but at the same time, I'm not ready to give up on the kid. It's important to have some sympathy. I'll post Tristan's picture on social media. He looks like a sad, sweet little dude. Maybe I'm just soft, but as I look at his puppy dog eyes with the tattoos underneath them, I feel bad for him. And he looks maybe 15. Jail would be a scary place for him. He would be quite popular in there with certain unsavory characters. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go to the gym? Go for a run? Read a book? Take a nap? I'd probably take a nap. Yeah, definitely take a nap. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? And therapy can help you find what matters most to you, so you can do more of it. It's also helpful for learning positive coping skills, and it empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And who doesn't want that? If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Sounds good, don't it? Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Here's what you gotta do. Visit betterhelp.com slash excuse me today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash excuse me. I gotta tell you about Factor, everybody. Factor is awesome. And they make eating better easy with their delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Do you like to save time? Of course you do. With Factor, every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted and ready to go in just two minutes. There's no prep and no mess. The meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no cooking or cleanup necessary, which is great if you're a person like me who is always on the go. Eating fast food is fun, but let's face it, it's usually greasy and has become quite expensive. We've done the math, the numbers are in, and Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious, so you can feel good about your choices. So what are you waiting for, Illegalites? Head to factormeals.com slash excuse me, that's illegal 50, and use code excuse me, that's illegal 50 to get 50% off. That's code excuse me, that's illegal 50 at factormeals.com slash excuse me, that's illegal 50 to get 50% off. Okay, uh, let's move on to incident number two. And for this one, we are headed to Sacramento. Sacramento has a population north of 500,000 people and is the capital city of the state of California. Fun fact about Sacramento, it is the birthplace of actors Sam Elliott and my arch nemesis, that no-talent hack, Colin Hanks. Anyway, let's hop in the time machine and travel back to May 11th, 2022. It's a Wednesday morning, and we're going back to school, specifically to Michael J. Castori Elementary. It is first recess, and a fourth grader, who will remain anonymous for obvious reasons, is sharing a snack with his fellow classmates. It appears to be a pack of Skittles. Aw, isn't that sweet? 
Well, not as sweet as the Skittles, but pretty darn sweet. Oh, wait a minute. Nah, it couldn't be. Uh, those aren't Skittles, young man. Those are Skittles. A knockoff brand, I guess. It's spelled Z-K-I-T-T-L-E-Z. Oh, no. These are cannabis-infused candies made to look like the popular snack. This can't be good. I did a quick Google search of these Skittles candies, and according to bcbudsupply.com, they say you can choose from three classic flavors, including tropical, sour, and wild berry. Each pack of these Skittles candies are loaded with a total of 400 milligrams of THC. Apparently, the typical little pack of these has 20 Skittles in them, each morsel containing 20 milligrams of THC. I'm a lightweight in the marijuana community, but even me, a big strong dude, if I ate the whole pack, it would no doubt knock me on my ass. For an unsuspecting nine-year-old, though, that could really mess him up. So this is a tiny pack of candies, leading me to believe this kid had to know what they were doing. My oldest son is a fourth grader. He's smart. He can read. He's also fairly greedy. If he had a small pack of Skittles, he'd eat the entire thing himself. He wouldn't be sharing it with several of his school chums. Hey guys, I have 20 Skittles. Let's all each have one. Yeah, would never happen. Anyway, somehow word got out as to what was going on, and, well, let's hear from Twin Rivers spokesperson Zenobia Gerald. Quote, Once school administration at Castori Elementary learned it was a cannabis product, parents were notified and the school nurse and paramedics evaluated all students who consumed some of the candy. End quote. I should hope so. No child had to be taken to the hospital, thank God. But as you can imagine, it was quite the scare. Veronica, a mother of one of the students who consumed these Skittles, said, quote, It's really worrisome for me because how many other children are out there making this mistake? For me, I know fentanyl is an epidemic right now. Our neighbor passed away from an overdose. This could have been anything. And if there's those type of drugs in the home, this child could have brought anything to school. This could have been a completely different phone call for me. End quote. Preach, girl. I'd be pissed if my nine-year-old was unknowingly or knowingly dosed with edibles at school from a classmate. Could you imagine? The poor little dude tripping out and not knowing why. There are at least three of these cannabis shops in my town right now. Since it's legal, they've been popping up everywhere. And I haven't bought the candies yet, but I've thought about it. And I'm probably going to. But that's my biggest fear, accidentally leaving a package out and my kids getting into them. Gotta be careful with this stuff. And that's most likely what happened. The child got into their parent's stash and either unknowingly, or I'm willing to bet knowingly, dished them out to their classmates to have a laugh. The parents were contacted by the school and authorities. Not sure what came of it. It's hard to punish the kid. I guess they could be suspended or expelled from the school. But I'm thinking surely the parents could be charged with something. Some kind of neglect. The school principal, Leslie Sargent, goes, It is my goal to ensure that our students are safe. And we are truly sorry this incident happened. Action will be taken to ensure this doesn't happen again. End quote. Yeah, you gotta feel for the principal here. There obviously isn't anything she could have done to stop a kid from handing out candies at recess. Going forward, I guess they could just get teachers to keep an eye out and be more vigilant with that sort of thing. Let's get a stuffy quote from district officials. 
In a written statement, they said, Providing a safe and secure learning environment is our top priority. And we find this whole situation distressing. Edible marijuana products and packages that resemble popular brands of candy. To ensure this does not happen again, school administration at Castori Elementary is reminding students not to bring candy to school and not to share food with others. End quote. Okay, and that's what they'll do, I guess? I think the root of the problem... They're right. It's the packaging of these products. These companies know what they're doing. Mimicking these brand names. They gotta make a different style of packaging. I am on board with not allowing kids to share their snacks with each other, though. That makes sense. That also limits the spread of germs. I remember sharing cans of pop with my school chums when I was a kid. You know when they'd leave a little bit of the liquid on the rim and you'd say, Hey, take your friends with ya. Yeah, we'd share pops all the time. Sody pops. Probably why I got so many colds. Um, it also it seems like a strange solution to ban candy altogether. Like, that's the problem. Talk about one bad apple spoiling the bunch. How do you tell kids not to eat candy at school? I tell you one thing, this kid is not going to be popular after all this. It reminds me of the death row inmate in Texas who ordered a whole bunch of food for his last meal and said he wasn't hungry. And now they don't offer that privilege to anyone anymore over there. Because of that one guy... I gotta admit I feel more sympathy for the candyless kids than I do for those monsters not getting their last meal request. But I think you get what I'm saying. And we are back. That's a wrapper on episode number 114, Taste the Rainbow. Two stories about Skittles. Crime can truly be found anywhere. Who'd have thought? Unbelievable. Alright, you know what time it is. Listener confession time, baby! So let's get criminal, criminal. I wanna get criminal. This confession comes in from my new trucker pal, Gary Howard. Sounds like he recorded this on his CB radio inside his big rig. Love it. Well, here is my petty crime story to tell you. Me and a group of people thought it'd be a good idea to break into the caged area at a grocery store where they had put all their returnable bottles at because we needed some beer money. So we parked our car there across the field, broke, cut, used wire cutters to cut through the fence and stole a bunch of bottles. But the thing was, was there's a big field but apartment complex that was there and people could see us. Now we got away with that, but we thought it would be a good idea to go to a junkyard and steal a bunch of radiators too because we, we were the perfect criminals. But first thing, the police officers pulled us over when we were reconning area, got all our information. Second, on our way over there, we got pulled over with our back seat removed. So that was another we shouldn't have done it. And afterwards, when I was leaving, I saw a bunch of footprints all over the place. And that's what busted us. Also, we tried to sell them back to the owner's brother-in-law. So we robbed this junkyard from radiators to sell for scrap metal to the owner of the junkyard's brother-in-law. Of course, we end up going to Indiana to scrap them. Coming back, and the police was waiting for us. We end up with like a $150 fine apiece. But yep, there you have it. Aw, oh, Gare, dude. The things we'll do for a little beer money, eh? Awesome. Gary actually hosts a podcast called Truck Stop Murder, and it's pretty badass. I'll step aside and let him tell you all about it in a moment. 
Quick plug here, uh, join the Patreon for bonus content. Give me your life savings through a PayPal donation. My boy Andrew did just that. So thanks, Andrew. It wasn't his life savings, of course. At least I hope not. But it helped gas up the minivan for this episode. So greatly appreciated. Follow me on all the social medias, blah, blah, blah. You know the drill. Links in show notes. Other than that, I'll holla at you next week. Until then, 10-4, good buddies. Hello, I am Gary Howard, host of Truck Stop Murder True Crime Podcast. I am a truck driver. I travel to 48 continental states with my truck that I lease through Prime Inc. And on this podcast, I talk about events that I find around it and why would you, where would you be stopping to eat? And I'll talk about the truck stops you might, or travel plazas, as they call it now, that you might be stopping at to get fuel and food, food, and what kind of food you can receive at these truck stops. Then I'll talk about what some of the prima donna truck drivers think about these truck stops, the reviews. And then I will talk about a murder slash crime that happened nearby. I try to stay within 50 miles, but sometimes I just can't do that. So, But I'd never venture out too far unless I find one outside the country, which I have done in the past. If this is something you might be interested to, you can find me on all podcast platforms or just Google, join my Facebook group to find all the updated information. And that group is Truck Stop Murder and True Crime Podcast. And I always end my episodes with, you can't fix stupid, but you can sure numb it with a 2x4. I'm out of here.